but uh, we'll be looking at an Old Testament book next and uh, kind of looking at two different ideas. One is the book of Judges and uh, looking at the judges of the Old Testament. I think that would be a great study and that's uh, kind of where I'm leaning. But we'll do 17 through 23 today and then uh, we'll close with this wonderful two-verse doxology that is verses 24 and 25. Now I will say when I went to the Cove, I did get that new nickname and that was Speedy. And uh, I was leading the way and uh, when I drove up there, I had it, you know, in the wind. We were just flying up there. Somebody said, well, you drove slower coming back. And so I guess I rededicated my life at the Cove. And, <laughs> but uh, tried to drive a little bit slower coming back. Well, let's talk about your health. How healthy are you? Well, we patch up these bodies, don't we? Sometimes we have to have some spare parts. Uh, we do a pacemaker or artificial knee or hip. And so it's not the standard equipment. You have to add some stuff to it. Hearing aids. You know, April Adams did a thing for us on tech talk. And she talked about the technology that you put inside your bodies. And I never thought about it that way, but you are a walking computer, aren't you? You know, you got to get your pacemaker checked out, your hearing aid. Maybe you got uh, some stuff in your mouth that you have to put in a cup at night. And so, uh, one guy said, I know I'm getting old when I asked my wife, I, I forgot where I put my tea, you know. I was driving down the road the other day. This will gross you out, but you've had breakfast already, all right? I was driving down the road the other day, and I looked to the side of me, and the guy is driving a big Ford pick-em-up truck. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at him. He's looking over at me. And I don't know why he did this, but he just took his teeth out. <laughs> now, why in the world would he look at me and take his teeth out? I have no idea. I want to tell you, I was sitting there going, put them back in, put them back in. It wasn't a pretty sight. My grandma used to say, I, I hurt so bad even my false teeth hurt. So that's, that's hurting pretty bad. Somebody said I'm in pretty good shape for the shape I'm in. Somebody else told me they said I'm doing fine because I'm upright and taking nourishment. And so uh, sometimes we go through health issues. But let me ask you this question. How healthy are you as a Christian? How is your spiritual health today? We can talk about how healthy is your football team, but we won't talk about that, alright? Not today. So, when we talk about spiritual health, Jude has already talked about these false prophets and pretenders. He confronted the false teaching. Verse number 4 said that there were people that 
snuck in unaware. They came in incognito. You know how many people it takes to mess up a good church? Just one. Believe me, I can, I can point to the churches I've pastored. I can name names. <laughs> I remember those individuals. Just one. Well, these were came in unaware. And also, we find here back in verse number 4, the word licentiousness. And that is, they gave people a license to sin. It was sort of the Baptist deal where they say, well, I'm saved. My name's in the book of life. I have the security of the believer. You know, once saved, always saved. We know that doctrine. And so people say, I can do whatever I want to do. And I say, yes, dear heart, you can. But God changed your want to when you got saved. You have a desire to serve the Lord. So... The early church, though, when it dealt with verse number 4, now stay with me on this, when they dealt with verse number 4, these people that crept in unaware and these that turned the grace of God into a license to sin, it caused the church to do something. It caused the church to refine their doctrine and it caused the church to straighten out what books should be authoritative books in the Word of God. Romans 8.28 says all things work together for good. It doesn't say all things are good, but false doctrine and false teaching caused the early church to define its doctrine. And it still does today. When you and I hear false teaching... It causes us to get into the Word and find out what's really true, doesn't it? Have you ever heard anyone preach and you scratch your head and say, I don't know if that's right or not. So what do you do? You start digging in the Word of God. So that's a good thing. And so that's what happened here in the early church. They got their theology straightened out. So now verses 17 through 23... Jude is done with the false teachers. He's spent enough time on them. Jude now is focused in on the people of God. And he's saying, I want you to be healthy as a child of God. So let's read this, alright? Verses 17 through 23. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. That they were saying to you, in the last time there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. 
and on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now Jude there in those verses gives some holy wisdom. He's saying that it's possible for a child of God who's been saved by grace, their name's in the book of life, they've been washed in the blood, man, their spirit filled, they're empowered, but something happens. And they go down a bad path. They go down a bad road and they become unhealthy spiritually. The old thing about the altar call where people came forward and wept and confessed and rededicated their life. That's what Jude's calling for. He's calling for a renewal of faith. He's calling for the people of God to be healthy. And he's saying it's possible to be unhealthy, but you can get back to being healthy. Jude has a threefold outline here. Let me give you the three words, all right? Remember, remain, rescue. Those three words. He's saying if you want to be healthy, remember those three words. Somebody was asking me one time about sermon outlines. They said, uh, we notice you always have outlines and try to make them alliterated, try to have the same letter or word in there so you'll remember now, somebody said, how many points should a message have? I said, well, at least one. It ought to have some point to it. Alright, I've listened to some that had no point at all. i got three today, alright? First of all, remember. Remember the words of our Lord. That's verses 17 through 19. Jude is shifting gears here. He's moving to a different subject. I remember when I was a child, my daddy had a 1952 GMC pickup. Man, that was one sweet ride. I love that old pickup. 1952 GMC pickup. It uh, had a three-speed transmission, three on the column, had shift gears up on the column. My, my job when I rode with my, with my dad was to sit over there right next to him, and when he pushed the clutch in, I'd shift the gears for him. Man, I loved doing that. I thought I was somebody sitting over there shifting those gears. Every once in a while, I'd get anxious. And Dad would say, Son, you got to wait till I push the clutch in. Alright? Well, today we're going to shift gears three times. All right, we're in first gear here. Remember, verse number 17 uses the word beloved. Oh, what a great word that is for the people of God. Hey, beloved! What a great word. Jude says to those who are the beloved. He said you got to remember. And Jude says remember two things. Have you ever had anyone important tell you something to remember and you forgot? Quit looking at Lamar, alright? I, I go shopping and I'm famous for coming back with not everything on the list. 
Pam said, well, well, what about this? And I said, well, I forgot that. Well, how did you forget that? It's written down the list. <laughs> then you feel like they're shining the spotlight in your eyes. You're on the witness stand, all right? JB, you have to explain why you forgot something, all right? Ever happened to you? Absolutely. All right, good. I thought so. I can tell by those bumps on your head, okay? Uh, that's right. Did you hear Kathy? You mark them out. You buy that, you mark it out. Who carries a pen or pencil with them to Walmart? You should, shouldn't you? I also ought to carry a purse to carry all that, right? I digress. Where was I? All right, two things, all right? Jude says, remember, the presence of false teachers is certain. Verse 17, 18, uh, Jude mentions these false teachers. Verse number 18 says, in the last time. Now Jesus says in Matthew 24, 11, many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. There's a host of them. Remember the Jim Jones. Remember even here in South Carolina, just right up the road, people making money and charging people and calling in on the airways and you know, trying to build a monument to themselves. Well, also there's a portrait of these false teachers. So I want you to look at this portrait, okay? Jude gives us a threefold picture of these false prophets. They are scoffers. That's verse number 18. It says, in the last time there will be mockers. I would call them scoffers. Jude said they make fun of your faith. Oh man, God help us lest we diminish someone's faith instead of build them up. I believe one of the greatest things we can do is to pray for one another and encourage one another. I was talking about Maxine McKissick. Uh, she would write me, every time I would preach on TV, she would write me a card and she would send me that card and she would start out by saying, you're just wonderful. Oh, you're just awesome. I told folks yesterday I wanted to take that card home and show it to my wife every time. <laughs> but encouragement. The word encourage means to stand by someone. I want to tell you in this class, we have a Richard Montgomery. We need to stand by him, don't we? Others in this class, we have stood by, we have prayed for, we have encouraged and that's what the word means, encourage, to stand by. But also the word encourage means to give a gentle nudge in the back. I've tried to shove people into stuff before and they don't go willingly and uh, that's never a good deal. But when you stand back there and just say, let, let, let me just give you a little nudge here, alright, in the right direction. Let me give you something that you can take home, alright, listen to this. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You never will have success in driving people to Jesus. They've got to be drawn by the Spirit of God. 
And so Jude says there are these scoffers who make fun of others instead of encouraging them. Verse 19 says these false teachers are known as dividers. Dividers. They cause division. Verse 19 says these are the ones who cause divisions. Oh, I've seen that through the years. Someone goes out into the parking lot and they have a parking lot meeting. I had a deacon one time that said, Preacher, I know what we said here in church, but let me give you the parking lot version. <laughs> parking lot meeting. They get out there and discuss and, and they divide and conquer in the parking lot. I want to tell you, God is never going to bless that. Never going to bless that. Romans is going to talk about that. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 talks about the war of the flesh. The war of the flesh. And how that the flesh fights the war with the Spirit. Now, so these false teachers, they scoff, they divide, but here's the most deadly thing about them. Verse 19, look at it. They are devoid of the Spirit. you see that in verse 19? They have no Spirit. They are devoid of the Spirit. They are people with a big mouth and a small heart. They are people that are not filled with the Spirit of God. I want to tell you, when I'm around a Spirit-filled man or woman, there is something in my heart that just leaps. I know it. I want to be around them. My spirit agrees with their spirit. Now the opposite is true. There are times I've been around people and there's an alarm that goes off. And God says just back away from that person. These are devoid of the spirit. If you got your Bible there, look over to Romans chapter 8 verse 9. Romans chapter 8 verse number 9. Look at that for just a moment. Romans 8, 9. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 9. J.P., you got that? Go ahead. Oh, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Him. Yeah, the Bible says if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, man, you don't belong to the Lord. So, to be a healthy Christian, remember, remember the words of our Lord. False teaching will always be around us, but it will help us define our doctrine. It will help us get into the Word of God. By the way, talking about Maxine. Maxine McKissick had everything written out for her funeral. And uh, the family gave me the Scriptures to use yesterday for her funeral. I had never preached from Isaiah chapter 25, verses 8 and 9. But I had to put together a message on that yesterday. And I told Pam about that passage, and Pam said, where's that at? And we both looked at that, and it's like we had never seen that before. I want to tell you what God does. 
God will show you things in His Word that you think you've never seen before. And that's why it's so very, very important. When someone teaches, when someone preaches, get into the Word, check it out, make sure it's accurate. Alright, let's move on. Number two. Second, to be a healthy Christian, you got to remain in the watch care of God's love. Now this verse number 21, this is actually 20 and 21, but, but verse number 21, I love this verse. Let me just read 21, alright? Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Keep ourselves in the love of God. Jude is shifting gears, alright? The clutch has gone in. They're moving to second gear here. How do we keep ourselves in God's love? Well, number one, you've got to grow in the Scriptures. You've got to grow in the Scriptures. We have a college intern here at church. I don't know if you met him or not. His name is Robbie. And uh, Mays, Rob Mays, Robbie Mays. And he is a college intern working with Rob Nichols. And uh, I came up to Robbie and was talking to him last Thursday when we were uh, uh, leaving church for the Cove. I said, Robbie, so good to see you. I said, what are you doing Wednesday night? He said, well, I'll be here. And I said, good. I said, you're going to speak at prayer meeting Wednesday night. And... Uh, but I thought to myself, these young people that have gotten into the Word of God, they need an open door to share. I want to tell you, one of the greatest things a church can do is to take young disciple believers and give them a platform. Give them an opportunity to share their faith. The Bible says we are to grow in the Scripture. In fact, it says here, in verse number 20, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Building yourself up. Anyone here ever had those Lincoln logs? You know, I always tried to build stuff, but my sister always came around and knocked it down. <laughs> I'd have some boy I'd build me a fort. I'd have them little green, you know, soldiers. Man, they'd be shooting, you know. I'd, I'd have them there shooting the bad guys. You know, the whatever. You know, they were coming over the horizon. I'd pretend like I was John Wayne, you know. My sister come by and she kind of kick at it. I grew up hard, you know. I want to tell you what Satan does. As soon as the church of Jesus Christ starts building up, he tries to come by and kick it down. Kick it down. Well, the Bible says here we're to build up our faith. Danny Aiken one time said, As the air we breathe, the water we drink, and the food we eat, so must we daily ingest and digest the Word of truth. Alright, so grow... Number two, we need to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. 
Look at verse number 20, alright? Verse 20. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Now there's a difference there. There's a difference in praying in the flesh and praying in the Spirit. One of the wisest things anyone ever told me is that it's okay to have a moment of silence. Sometimes we think if, if we're in a prayer meeting, we always got to be talking, or if we're preaching, we always got to be talking. I want to tell you one of the most powerful ways to get the attention of people is just to be quiet for a second. See, I got you, don't I? <laughs> It's just to be quiet for a second. And so, when you and I pray, if the Spirit of God is not leading you to say something, don't say it! Just be quiet. Wait on the Spirit of God. Wait for the Spirit to move into your life. And then pray as the Spirit leads you. Alright, here's the best one. Alright, number three. Watch. Watch for the Savior. Verse number 21 says, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. That means to be on your tiptoes. It means to be peeking out the window. Out there at Billy Graham Cove, everybody was going outside trying to get their picture made out there. They were taking it quick because it was freezing out there. I got a picture on my phone of Pam and I. It's my screensaver now. But, uh, but I thought, Lord, how glorious it would be that right there over those mountains if you would just come again. You know, we ought to feel like that every day, shouldn't we? We ought to get up in the morning and say, Lord, maybe today. We ought to look to the eastern sky every single day. Alright, i got to move on here, okay? Number three, third point today. Rescue. Rescue the wondering who are lost. How do we do that? Well, verses 22 and 23. Verse 22 says, And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. According to the North American Mission Board, NAM says that 95% of Southern Baptists in a recent survey said they have never in their life told anyone about Jesus. That's a startling statistic. A love for Christ will compel you to tell others about Him. Remember the old hymn, Rescue the Perishing, Care for the Dying? Yeah. Jude lists three different groups we are to rescue. One, we're to deal gently with those who are doubting. People that have honest doubts, we're to deal gently with them. Verse number 22 says, Have mercy, be gentle on those that just are having some doubts. Do you remember the time that Jesus in His ministry was talking to the disciples of John? John's locked up in prison. And John 
sends his disciples over, John the Baptist. John the Baptist said, Ask Jesus, are you really the one or do we look for another? Here's the one that at the Jordan River said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here's the one who said, His sandals, I'm not worthy to untie. But yet, at the end of John the Baptist's life, he had some doubts. And so those that have doubts were just to gently kind of encourage them on. A second group were to help, rescue, were to deal quickly with these who are in danger. Verse 23 says uh, we are to save others, snatching them out of the fire. The idea is that they're walking on the edge of danger. We're to reach out there and grab a hold of them and pull them back. Snatch them out of the fire. They are that close to hell. And we're to reach out there and just snatch them, pull them back. Look at this third group, alright? We're to deal carefully with those who are defiled. This, this is strong language in verse 23. It says we're to hate even the garment polluted by the flesh. Years ago, I went on a mission trip to Kenya. 1995, I went on a mission trip to Kenya, East Africa. And uh, when I got back, I opened up my suitcase. My wife said, Oh, your clothes stink to high heaven. And I grabbed those clothes and smelled of them. And I said, Oh, Smells like Africa. Smells like Africa. I want to tell you something. To the world, this will be good for you, listen to me. To the world, the things that the church does stinks in the nostrils of the world. To the church, the things that the world does should stink in the nostrils of the church. Marriage has been redefined by the world. That should stink in the nostrils of the church. Was acceptable 50 years ago, those price tags have changed. That should stink in the nostrils of the church. That's what Jude's talking about. Hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. So, rescue. Alright? Deal gently with those who doubt. Deal quickly with those in danger. And then deal carefully with those who are defiled. Let me close by sharing this with you. One of the great, one of the great men of faith was William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army. William Booth had his own army. He said, we are going to March and sing onward Christian soldiers. And we're going to make an impact in our world and they have for years. William Booth one time said this, if I had my way, I would not send my workers 
to four years of college. If I had my way, I would not put them through three years of seminary. William Booth said, if I had my way, I would put all my workers in hell for five minutes. That would be the best training for anyone to win souls to Christ. Mm -hmm. Let's pray together. Father, uh, Lord, I've enjoyed so much this small little book. Now, God, I've poured through it with a fine-tooth comb. Lord, it's been uh, as sweet as honey to me. Uh, Lord, it's just uh, been a joy to teach this little book. Father, uh, may we all check our pulse, our spiritual pulse. God, make us healthy in Your Word. God, make us a healthy church. God, so many churches today, right here in Columbia, are unhealthy. But God, I thank You that right now, we are living in days of revival in our church. Lord, let us be watchful, vigilant, and Lord, uh, let us always give You the glory and the praise for all that's done. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, go get them.